Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> Science. Exercise. Nutrition. Health. Energy. Passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Welcome to the OYMB podcast. I am Jen Fairbairns, and today I'm speaking to motivational coach Graham Roberts. As an expert in behavior change, he believes that everyone is capable of anything. You just got to figure out what makes people tick, why they make the decisions they make, and crucially, how people's motivation can be ignited to achieve what they aspire to be. In this podcast, Graham shares some of his recent personal experiences and highlights how important it is to be honest with oneself. Authenticity is the key ingredient to success, and more importantly, to happiness. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce Graham Roberts. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Um, it's, Thanks for having uh, me on, Jen. Yeah, it's awesome. Obviously, we've bumped into each other in a couple of events um, around the world when it comes to the Spartan World Championships and etc. And um, I've always really enjoyed talking to you. And you've always um, you always left me with something something really helpful, which is you know, which proves that you are really good at what you do. What you do, you know, you <laughs> just think that you're just saying random things but for, for for let's say an athlete or for anyone who's looking for a bit of guidance you know you you always have something wise to say um so so we appreciate that you're here but obviously my intro that i've done for you now um kind of tells everything about you what you do professionally but how about you tell us a little bit about you um your background and what makes what 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 kind of what ticks yeah, well, it's awesome. It's awesome to be on, and it's awesome to talk a little bit about me because I don't get to do that very often, <laughs> um, if I'm honest. Because <laughs> I usually spend a lot of my time listening. So, um, I my first career was in the pharmaceutical industry, um, and I did um, a, a variety of uh, roles in the pharmaceutical industry. But the thing that was at the core of everything I ever did there was developing the nurturing talent. And, and sort of making for helping people make a difference for themselves. And about, ooh, what is it, five, six years ago now, I had the opportunity to sort of leave that career and be able to um, set up um, my own business doing that. Um, and as the tagline says on my website, enabling people to realize their full potential. And it isn't really just a tagline, it is genuinely what gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. So I have the great pleasure of working with organizations all over the world to help them transform the way they work. But I also get the great pleasure of working with some pretty cool athletes who are world class in their field to be able to help them realize what they are actually capable of and, and achieve some great things. And uh, yeah, it's been a pretty uh, 2019 has been a pretty successful year on that front um, from what to see what they've achieved and know that I've paid a part in that has been absolutely fantastic. So Yeah. You see these guys or you know in business or in sports and we look at them like wow they've really got their stuff going on and they know exactly what they're doing but 
behind every successful athlete, a very good um, good mentor kind of to, to guide them kind of the right way because not everyone has their stuff together you know everyone needs a bit of guidance right hi and I, I've been there myself I'll be the first to admit that I've had yeah challenging times in my life I you know I faced some really difficult decisions six years ago you know I was a uh, 12 months into being a father 12 15 months into being a father and and a lot of the things that I'd wanted in life I'd achieved and I sat there and, you know, had some really difficult days because I didn't know where I wanted to go forward. So I felt quite lost at those moments. And, you know, it took a lot of, you know, it took a lot of soul searching in that time to really find something that I want to go about and do every day. And like you say, with all of us, what we see in social media, especially these days, is this wonderful The behind it is, you know, conflicts, anxieties, motivations. All those kind of things and the melting pot of stuff that is a human's brain and how they feel about it and and yeah to see them kind of sit there and you know have the privilege to listen and support them to just shift their thinking I noticed you said the right way to do it often there isn't a right way there's a way that's worked for other people that might apply in the situation that someone's in right now but to be able to sort of just listen to what people say, as we've done when we've talked in random airports around the world yeah. and start lines everywhere, yeah. we had to sit there and just go, um, I noticed you said this. Is yeah. that indicative of what you really feel or do you want to go a different direction? Right. Be able to open that door for people to say, yeah. think about it differently. And then they go and do it and put it into practice and it makes a difference for them. It's yeah. amazing to see. Amazing. And you have that capacity of doing that. And, and that, that made it was a fundamental difference to, I think, me surviving 16 hours up on the mountain um, in Sweden, whereas my original thinking probably wouldn't have got me through, you know, even a fraction of that. So and that is just what, one little comment and just being able to unlock that little thing that, you know, that, you know, might not have the capacity to think at or look at. And you look at it and, uh, you know, in today's society, so much of this is unspoken. So many times people are there not knowing how to make a difference for themselves in some way. Yeah. And, you know, I think I honestly see it as a privilege every single time someone gives me the space to just, you know, be with them and sort of listen on their behalf and actually help them a little bit that way. So, so yeah, it's pretty cool. I love what I do. So, as you can probably oh. tell by the big Cheshire cat grin on my face. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. So, you recently flew down to Namibia to take part in this uh, extraordinary journey called uh, the Race race to the Wreck or race, yeah. rat, one of the rat races. Yes. So, a mental race. <laughs> Would you like me to tell you what it is? Yes. <laughs> or what it was? Yeah. And then you just tell me, like, ah, that's it. I'm off to Namibia. Bye. What is it and how did that come about? And So, so the interesting thing is that um, I know a lot of people who work in helping professions, they are held up as, you know, having some ability that not many people can have. But in my experience, the only way that you can access that yourself as someone working in these professions is to actually be able to put yourself in those situations where you're exploring what your perspective on the world is yourself. And I do that through adventure racing and obstacle course racing and exploring really what I'm capable in the moment. And I've been on kind of a journey for the last five years where I've done increasingly more difficult events because I wanted to model healthy behavior for my son. 
So I chose to push what I was capable of, and it, it, it manifest. You know, I did I did the inaugural Spartan Ultra World Championships in Iceland. Um, I recovered from mild hypothermia in that one. Top tip for all listeners: never ring your other half when you're in a mildly hypothermic state when they're in another country. It doesn't help their nerves anyway whatsoever. Oh my god! No, don't do <laughs> so, that. So yeah, so I did that, and we did some other things, and then this year, um, well. About ooh, what is August 2018, June 2018, um, Rat Race sort of started announcing their bucket list series, um, which are kind of like these these uh, multi-day adventure races events that they're putting on. That you get to see some fantastic places across the world, and they did this one called Race to the Wreck. Um, it's in Namibia, and it's uh, the wreck is the wreck of the Edward Bolan, which is a ship that in the 1960s ran aground. Um, just after sea, that ship is now uh, 1.5 miles from the shoreline. So it's like the sand is just, it's taken over the landscape and manufactured new land over there, which is just amazing. Um, But to get there, we'd have to travel 300 kilometers. Over sand. (laughs) Over sand. So um, the option I, I chose was the 300 kilometer, which was a bike ride for 200 kilometers over two days followed by two and a half days covering 100 kilometers over sand. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so first of all, my first question there before you continue is, you say bike ride on sand. I've tried biking on a beach before. That wasn't very successful. So do you have tires? Yeah, yeah. So fat bikes. We were using fat fat bikes. Yeah, and fat bikes. But they also look like they're a lot of work. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're hard work. And, and and as as day one, I found out really hard work if your brakes are stuck on. Oh no! Oh my goodness! Wow. So the first day, you know, if first day was ninety two kilometers. Wow. Uh, the temperatures, what well, it's mid November, so southern hemisphere temperatures around forty degrees, um. so mild. Um, <laughs> forty degrees centigrade, just for any Americans out there, just wanting to get clarification on that so hot would be uh one term but it's quite dry heat actually so it 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 wasn't too bad but um yeah uh, the first 55 kilometers the front and back brakes on my bike i learned was stuck so i spent four hours at threshold um smashing my legs to pieces just to try and keep up with people which turned out to be a pretty miserable day um but fortunately rat race put on an incredible support group for this event and there was a bike mechanic with spare bikes on his on the top of his trailer and he was able to you know sub the bike out and make sure i had something that made the second half of that day a little bit more pleasurable (laughs) (laughs) yeah just what you need just what you need you know you've got four and a half days ahead of you and you you need to blow your legs work with the diversity what do you do Yeah, so in that moment, it's just accepted. It's what it is. Everything yeah. shall pass and you just move on. So kind of day one was like that. Um, and day one, end of day one, to be honest, I hadn't enjoyed it that much. Um, it just was miserable, like blowing myself up that much. And when it came to day two, um, I was feeling a little bit sore. So day two was 108 kilometers. Um, and it was over the sand dunes. So we started getting into the sand dunes on day two, uh, which again was difficult on the bike. Mm-hmm. A lot of the riders were out there for 11 hours, 12 hours a day. Um, so it was a very, very long day. But um, about 10 days before the event, I got my first injury in 15 months training for it. And I suffered a back spasm 
um, that was proven to be quite painful. And that just got amplified on that second day. So 20 kilometers in, I decided to just put the bike in the back of the trailer and um, support anyone else who was coming through all the pit stops. So, you know, I, I missed a massive chunk of that day. Um, from a physical riding perspective. Um, but what also happened in that moment was an opportunity to realize just how, because I was doing it with a friend of mine who'd never raced anything before and how much support I was giving him and he was relying on me and all those kind of things. So, yeah, so day two, we actually split up at that point. He carried on, but I kind of took this option that just protected my back and protected the integrity of what I could hopefully achieve through the rest of the event. So that involved a lot of real time kind of reframing of what I was actually going to try and achieve. And I kept saying in my head, right, uh, one plus one, one plus two, mm-hmm. rather than five, four and a half days. It was one day ride plus one day run, one day ride plus two days run and and sort of pivot a little bit in my thinking around that. Yeah. So we get to the end of day two and that's the biking all done. Um, and then day three was the first day running. That was the first day we got into the sand dunes and I had a, the funniest day I've ever had that day. Uh, I was really comfortably pushing a nice, healthy pace with a, one of the guys who I met on there, a guy called Tom, who was just an incredible guy. Um, he actually had a fantastic story. He was deciding he was going to propose to his girlfriend on the finish line. Aww. So on day, on day three, I learned that this was going to happen. So we spent two and a half days kind of planning how he was going to go about it and all that kind That's of stuff. Awesome. Yeah, so day three was fun. Day three was great. 38 kilometers um, straight across the desert. Beautiful scenery. Uh, seeing ostrich eggs just lying in the middle of sand and all these wonderful things. Wow. Uh, and then day four happened. Okay. <laughs> day, four was, day four was the the interesting day, let's say. Day four um, we were, was the first day where we fully went the big sand dunes. Now, the sand dunes in Namibia are said to be the biggest on Earth. They're 250 meters high, and there's two and a half, there's about two kilometers between each one. Wow. Do you climb a lot of small mountains that day? A lot of small, a lot of small mountains, a lot of um, sometimes solid, sometimes very soft sand. <laughs> so, really sapping on the legs. <laughs> oh, and we had to cross 20 of them because <laughs> wow. it wasn't hard enough in the first place. Um, what it's like to be alive (laughs) yeah yeah well that's that's it right and you know we started out and I developed a little bit of hip pain at the end of day three that was quite sore coming to the pit stop at 11 kilometers and I'm like I'm really not enjoying this again why am I bothering and um, I uh, you know spoke to the medic and they said have you drank enough salt and I thought probably not so I'll carry on Get to the top of the next top of the next sand dune, and I'm still feeling in a pretty miserable place. So I decided. I said to my fellow colleagues that I was room with, I just said, "I'm just going to put my headphones in um, a bit." <laughs> in that point, I decided that I was going to see how fast I could catch the leaders who were three and a half kilometers ahead of me. <laughs> it's okay. And I'm not going to lie, I pushed harder than I ever have done in any race. I. And I caught them by 21 kilometers at lunch. Now, the, the three are in front are known ultra runners. These guys are, are really, really successful ultra. I just seem to push and push and push. And I catch them at lunchtime. Um, super hyped on adrenaline. Tried to eat my lunch. Put three mouthfuls in, threw that all up. 
Um, and then what do we do next? And then, yeah. Oh, then, and also poke the bear, so to speak. So these three water runners, I'm like, I'm coming for you. You better go because they were in lunch at this point. I'm like, you better go because I'm coming and I'm coming fast. Uh, really, really arrogant and egotistical on me. <laughs> um but you know that's what it was and I knew I was do. I knew I was aware I was doing it but um um and then we start getting over the top of the next peak and I start to notice the height of these sand dunes particularly the big bowls that appear at the top and um when I get tired and fatigued I get really nervous at height because I notice it when I go snowboarding and skiing you, you get to you know by the sides of those little rat runs you know that they go down that are just one piece basher wide i get really nervous by the edges at the tops i was like oh here we go i'm tired this isn't good <laughs> so we're coming down the other side of this dune and i'm like the lead support vehicle drives past and the support vehicles are the only way out <laughs> right but i didn't contact them i didn't like scream or shout or anything because i knew i was in a getting into a bit of a problem didn't feel like i could eat anything they go, so I get to the top of the next dune, and then I see them another dune ahead of me, and I'm like, "Oh right, they're disappearing." And then suddenly, this massive fear of isolation came over me, which was horrible. Um, it was really, really difficult. And literally, I sat down on the edge of the next dune and had a panic attack, going, "Shit, I'm on my own. Um, I cannot see anyone around me anywhere." Um, I have no radio, I have no phone signal, I have no way of getting out of this hole. Um, so yeah, uh, wow. had, a little, had a little panic attack on there. Uh, very fortunately, a couple of racers came through. Um, they, um, they got to the next checkpoint to be able to sort of phone for help and get someone to come back and almost do a rescue. Um, and then another group came past and the chap said, what's up? And he, I said, I'm having a panic attack. All I want to do is speak to my wife and my son. Um, and then he said, uh, well, you can't, but well, what else? Well, I'm really, really nervous. Right, you're following me step by step. And literally this guy kind of um, handrailed me all the way back wow. to the next pit stop where we took the sensible decisions for me to not continue the rest of that day, um, which was exactly the right call to make. Um, I felt a lot better by that point. These guys had really lifted spirits. We were playing games that really should never, ever be repeated in public. <laughs> uh, the content that we're talking about. You do what you got to do. You got to do what you do, got to do, right? And then, um, and then, yeah, so, and then he, he said, look, he's fine. He's back to normal now. Um, and I knew I was having a panic attack. It wasn't, I didn't get stressed by the idea. So called the day there. Got to the the, the final, uh, got to the the campsite where we were. Saw the people who'd finished, and they were like, "What happened to you?" And I said, "Look, I was being an arrogant idiot because I was hyped on adrenaline. The yeah. wheels came off epically, and safest thing was to leave me where I've left me today." So, so that was day four. Day five took the sensible decision not to continue the first ten kilometers of that day over the dunes, just in case it brought anything back up that we didn't need to have um and then walk the flat the 10k across the flats at the end to get to the wreck and cross the finish line so amazing 
So yeah, a bit of a roller coaster, I think they call it. I mean, you must learn so much. I mean, I, and I know that from the, the little time I've had this past year with these uh, races, like you learn a lot about yourself, but you also learn that it's okay. And there's no such thing as failure. Failure is you know, an option, but you don't give up. You just find ways around it. You just got to power on. Um, and it doesn't matter what you do in life, right? Whether it's in, in business or your day-to-day you know, struggles that you might have, or if it's within within sports, you will come across these things and that you, you just need to know, like you say, you addressed it, you know, this is happening right now. Um, and you knew what was right to do after. You're not packing it in, but you did something that you knew would. Yeah, and I think that's the, the biggest insight that I get from all of it is the the real strength of humankind is its ability to be authentic with the conversation that's going on inside mm-hmm. and so many times society has either told us or we've learned from people we care about you know only show a certain facet of who you are to the outside world and that can lead to some really self-sabotaging behaviors where we we spend the time trying to protect ourselves always you know, that, you know, I knew I was in a difficult situation and my ego tried to keep that going. Yeah. When really the right thing would be said is I've just put a hard effort in. Oh, my God, I need a break for a minute. Right. And just keep doing what I'm doing. So our psyche really can play some really funny tricks on us, protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. And if there's one thing I've learned myself through experience, but also through enabling others to see that kind of thing is the more that they can sit there and just say, this is what really is happening. They can sit a lot more comfortably with either who they are today and what's led them to today and either carry on because it's a positive path or choose to make a difference Mm -hmm. for themselves. And, 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 it's it's fantastic because like the guy who I did the event with, he's never ran a race before ever, mm. not even a five k park run. <laughs> when he signed up for this thing, he signed up for a four and a half day adventure race in the <laughs> desert, and he's never done anything before. He finished nearly all of it. Wow! He missed about twenty k on the bike just because he was experiencing some pain. But what's interesting is that he now said, "I found an inner peace I've never been able to find before." Because I just strolled across the desert for 15 hours over two days. And I was just alone with my thoughts. And I really got to think through some stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, that's the the biggest success ever at the event. Because he got some personal insight that he feels confidently to do something about. Mm -hmm. So I I really think that we do just need to spend more time looking at ourselves and just saying, what really is going on? There's no shame in it not being great. Right. Right. Exactly. Because there's usually a reason why we've chosen to get to that. So, but the moment you start realizing and accepting that is the moment you can start to choose a different path. Yeah. And that path can be something that can be so much more enriching, or it can be so much more enriching for the people around you and rewarding in that way if you can make that difference for yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's and for you, you know, doing what you do, doing these kind of events must be. It's part of your learning process. Like now, you you can bring that to your to your teachings, and you know, and, and, you know, because you're always learning, you're always evolving, and it's not like you went yeah. to a diploma and you're done. Like I'm, I'm qualified. Like you, you qualify by doing stuff like this and, and constantly yeah. learning. And, um, and yeah, like when I did my master's degree, I did a master's degree in coaching and behavioral change, right? Yeah. 
yeah. and that most people think oh you really know what you're talking about but yeah. actually that was just the spark that just gave me some anchors to yeah. basically contextualize potentially what I'm seeing in my real world yeah and but then rather than saying that's the answer I tend to approach it just with a curiosity Mm. You know, I know the conversations you and I have. Why are you doing this? Oh, I'm really, really interested. I'm really pushing myself for that. I want to see what I'm capable of. Yeah. I want to feel like I'm really worth something. Yeah. Not to share too much with the listeners, but you know. <laughs> 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 but you know, we've had those conversations. Yeah. You sit there and go, right, that's not my reality. That's your reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got some insight that can help me empathize, you know, um, yeah. suggest other ways of thinking. I, you, you were there in in sweden recently and you know one of one of the my athletes was there early in the race and like i'm really not enjoying this i'm yeah. really not feeling this now i know what that feels like i've been there in events <laughs> yeah, yeah, where yeah. that happens and i say oh, okay i can understand okay tell me more about what's going on yeah. we've managed to be able to turn that around and what well, they've managed to turn that around i've done nothing really i've just opened the door yeah, but, but but and in that time, he he or she, you know, they might have needed to hear that, and they needed mm. that to come through because when you're in that spot, you just don't see out. I remember qualifying for this world championship. I was running around here up in Perth in Scotland, and I was like, even if I wanted to give up, no one would find me here. Where am I? Like I, I have <laughs> blankets, you know, like so many. And the next time, no, no, I'm doing this with my kids. I'm, you know, I can do this. And then, you know, half an hour later, I'm like, oh my god, no, I just want to go home. You just go through this process and and you kind of need to push yourself through um and that's something that we have often for our our when you're going to be members is you know a lot of people come through to us and they go well I can't really exercise I can't run I said well you don't have to go and do crazy running or racing like we do but you go for a long walk go hike up a mountain or do something that allows you to spend a lot of quality alone time with yourself to allow your mind to think like a half an hour walk every day is great for your fitness level, but doing something that really pushes you and allows you to, to challenge your mind a little bit and, you know, really have that conversation with yourself. That's when you really learn, right? So that's yeah. what we always try and tell our people. Like, go out and do something. Like a long, long walk. Sign up for the, one of these charity walks, um, you know, hours and hours long. But because you go through transformational things in your head um, and you really learn stuff about yourself, right? Yeah, our mind is a massively powerful thing, right? And it can often create narratives that protect ourselves. It can, and we genuinely believe they're the truth. We really, really do. Because we say, well, that's what I made it. But honestly, in my experience, about 95% of those stories are completely false and based on false assumptions. Mm -hmm. But if you do take that time to go out and do a walk, you know, I know people who challenge themselves to climb all the Munros yeah. um, um, and all the Grahams in Scotland. You know, they, they spend all the time. They And that was a third, the last person I knew who did it. 30 years it took him. Wow. But he did it. And every one of those moments, he talks about how he appreciates the space that he created himself by just going for a walk. And there's a huge amount of, um, there's a lot of evidence to support this, but there's a huge amount of reward that comes from just doing an innate task. Yeah, and concentrating on a tiny detail because the, the often the thinking that we're required to do in our working lives and our personal lives is hugely complex. So sometimes, like the idea of building Lego, or you know, going on a long walk or knitting, mm. it's an innate task that doesn't have a lot of complexity to it. But by doing that innate task, it occupies certain parts of our conscious brain. 
Yeah. Whereas then to allow the brain to start working through some of the other things, the complex, breaking down those narratives to see what is real and what is made up and actually giving us a line where we can take stuff more confidently through. So the spa- if people can just create space for themselves in their diaries, mm. it's amazing so much more what they can do and achieve if they take the time to do it. So. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we have we have a lot of people who might just be in the beginning of their journey, but with our wanting to be a challenge to say day one. And what we're asking them to do is press the reset button on something that is one of those innate social, um, what do you number one social uh, activity, which is drinking, right? Yeah. And we're going. But but what do you so wait? But what am I going to do? I uh, I can't go to the pub. I can't I can't go. We're saying yes, you can. You can go out, but they're so scared about the triggers and stuff. So you're 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 taking this grown up human being who you know this is what they've known to do their whole lives because it's what we've been raised to do. Um, and now we're like good luck. But obviously, what we're doing, we're providing with them with a platform, you know, with support nets, with a program that we're doing. Um, but obviously they're still essentially on their own. Like it's, we, we can't do any anything else than to kind of provide them with the platform here. This is what yeah. we're doing. But it's up to them, right? So what can you say to people who might look at this and look at it and it's like they're Goliath. They're like, oh, too much, too, so much pressure. Ah. Yeah, I think what I could say is, I'm going to remember the thing my dad says, and he's told me, told me this my entire life, is how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is bite-sized chunks. What we often do when we set ourselves big goals, and it could be, like you say, becoming alcohol-free, mm-hmm. is we, we may, well, I just have to be alcohol-free. And we put a high degree of pressure on ourselves yeah. to be able to go clean from the outset. And some people can do it. Some people can do cold turkey, and that's a lifelong change, and they can hold that, right? But often, I think it's about being fair with oneself. And actually just taking some of that pressure out. So the first step may be for someone to say, appreciate the first point. You have a choice. We have a choice in absolutely everything we do. We really, really do. Okay, there are some legal elements that might restrict some of it there for safety of everyone. And that's important to stick to. But ultimately, most of the time we have a choice. Do we go straight on at the traffic lights or do we go left? There's two routes to most things. Right. So when people sit and think of their first route to get there, say, well, what other routes could be there? What's a more realistic step that I can make four times in a row that gets me closer to the rule than that, that goal than making one big leap? And then, for example, when they go out, say, right, my aim tonight is to, is to go and enjoy the company of my friends, yeah, not have a drink. Right, right. Right. So the primary goal for that evening out is to enjoy the company of friends. Yeah. To do that, I'm going to need a drink and I'd like to choose water this time. Or I'd like to choose a Coke or a Diet Coke or a lemonade or an apple juice or a cup of tea. You know, let's be really English about these things. (laughs) You know, I'm going to choose that's going to be the drink I'm going to have while I enjoy the company of my friends. Right. So you're shifting your priority to something yeah. that you can go and do, not something that you have to do. Right. Um, and you start to just appreciate the richness of other opportunities that can come. And that could be a great starting point for people. So priming and prepping your brain and, you know, rather than going out and going gung-ho, let's see how we get on. You know, we, I think we all kind of, 
before we start working on things, you know, realize we actually have to work hard to get what we want. But often a lot of people sit at home and be like, oh, why am I not getting that promotion? Why am I not getting, you know, ahead with this? Or, you know, why am I not excelling in certain areas? But probably even though they're not making an effort. And, and that's what we say every step of the way, be prepared, you know, prep. What is it that you want to do? What is your goal? What is the outcome? What is it that you're looking to get out of this? And then what do you have to do? And that's it. And how do you chunk it down? How do you make it small? How do you make it manageable? How do you manage the pressure that you're placing on yourself? Because really, that is the pressure you're placing on yourself. Yeah. There may be that there are some very well defined health benefits to removing alcohol from your diet. There are some that also say that there are beneficial, right? You know, we've seen those. But if if the reliance on alcohol has become such a part of who you think you are. The first thing is to probably just be authentic with yourself and said, is that really who I want to be? Yeah. And or and even be authentic to say the reason why. Mm-hmm. And that why, it, the, the sentence for that why starts with one letter and it's the letter I. Not that person told me, not those people out there made it happen. I decided right. that I wanted to have a drink and that became part of who I wanted to be because I thought that's what I wanted. Yeah. As soon as that authentic conversation with yourself starts, you then really can start making a shift forwards. And it and it won't truly happen until you make that change from that, in my experience. Yeah. I mean that's because I out of curiosity, you know, I'm I'm always curious of what you do and, and, and stuff. And and what I do wonder is, you know, when it comes to either coaching an athlete or or a business person, like is is it completely different or is it kind of do you have to swap from like sporty coach to like business coach you know it's completely different because they're very different fields right like or is it does it come down to that we all have this one <laughs> moment it's a brain <laughs> so well where my understanding of this has got to so far is that the let's say the field in which people apply themselves is different yeah. so success in business is usually that and that often leads to, um, you know, a lot of different behavioral traits that show. Sport, it's usually success on the field, right? Um, whether it's success against the competition to be the best or whether it's success against yourself and where you were last week. Right. Um, you know, those things appear there. But one thing that I've noticed that is similar between everyone is there are innate drivers mm-hmm. that motivate people to want to do these things. Yeah. Their experiences in pursuing them so far has led to some really positive behaviors that make a difference for people, but they've led to some also toxic behavior patterns that can really limit people's ability to shine and frames to shine. And when it comes to the work that I do, at the core, often it's very, very similar because I'm looking at behavior and how we shift behavior. Yeah. And, you know, how the methods that I use to be able to enable people to make that shift for themselves mm-hmm. can apply in both fields. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of similarity and, you know, it's been in business books for years, follow the sporting model to success and you'll be successful in the business world. Right. right. We, yeah. We've seen those stories, but um, yeah. So there are a lot of similarities between the two, but yeah. there are also some differences too. So. Sure. So, fresh off the bat of this uh, Namibia journey what do you have do you know what you're you know because you said you did the ultra that and then the step up was this rat race yeah. are you looking for the next extreme or so this is the really interesting thing so whenever I do an event and um, I I tend to myself what's the question I'm looking to answer 
And that's a really good question to help you get to the question that can lead to authenticity about yourself. And it's kind of why am I really doing it is really the core of that. But so the question I was looking to answer, and I have been for five years, is am I capable? Right. Um, I'm honest. I've always struggled with a low level of perceived self-belief. If I think about it, I don't rate myself very highly. Mm-hmm. If I just go and do, it doesn't matter, right? But that story that I have always created sits with there. And so each of these events had been just building the difficulty over and over again. And when I was going through the desert, that was the question I was asking, am I capable? Am I capable? Am I capable? Um, what I realized is I am capable. Yeah. But I'm not capable to complete. I'm actually capable of being self-aware enough to recognize the situation I'm in and do the right thing to look after myself in that moment. That was the biggest learning I got out of the event. And it's actually, I hadn't, I hadn't got anything else booked. Um, and the choice I've made afterwards is just see what emerges on my horizon. Right. A friend of mine's doing the Slateman Triathlon in June. And I was like, yeah, I want to go and do that with my mate. Yeah. So I booked that, but yeah. I didn't book the long distance. He's doing the legend distance and I'm doing the standard distance because I'm like, I don't want to do the long stuff. There you go. So that, that honest conversation with myself and that awareness of what really each of these things is about for me has enabled me to really see what was an incredibly you know, difficult experience in yeah. lots of ways, actually just to take it as that's what it was and that's what it taught right. me and that's how it fuels my future direction. So, so I'm really glad I went and I had a whale of a time. Well, <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, and I think part of it, you know, you go through these moments of pain and, you know, conversation, but afterwards you feel so rich of, of, of you know, of the experience and of yourself and you're proud of yourself and, you know, all these things that you find, you kind of want to give yourself a little hug, don't you? Um, and that's the thing, whatever it is that you choose to do, you can always learn something very interesting and fundamental about yourself, you know, whether it's extreme stuff, let's say that we do, or if it's just, you know, whatever it might be, go out and like push yourself, test yourself and see what you might learn, right? Yeah. And that's it. It's about experimenting with yourself and doing it in a wise way. Right. And just say, well, can I try that? What do what reaction do I have if I put myself in that uncertain circumstances? Yeah. I spend a lot of time working with, especially in the businesses where and a lot of athletes as well, actually, where they they're they're more hung up on the uncertainty of what lies ahead. Right. Because they're hung up on the uncertainty. They don't actually experience any of the journey. No. So when you hear people say experience the journey, not the goal, yeah. it is designed to be able to get people to sit there and say, stop focusing on what you're trying to achieve. Focus on going and experiencing what you're putting yourself through and see what the hell it can teach you. Because you'll get some fascinating insight that have a huge richness of reward for you. So it's pretty yeah. cool. It, it, it yeah. is pretty cool. Wow. I mean, this is... <laughs> This has just blown my mind. It's just, I, I love hearing, because like you say, you know, we look at Instagram, we look at online and people, you know, they're doing the stuff and they seem to have everything, their shit together, excuse me for saying that word. But um, so it's just good to see that, like, we're all, we're all just doing our very best. And we're, we're always learning. We're always kind of looking for the next forward, but we're also constantly learning something interesting, no, no matter our age. Like the guy who climbed all the Monroes in, in Scotland, it took him 30 years. I mean, I'm sure he, there's no regrets. It's just like, wow, you know. Yeah. 
it's just a gentle thing that he wanted to go and do. And, you know, he wasn't pressured. He never felt pressured to finish it in a certain time. He just, when he wanted to go on a walk, he picked one. Yeah. So, And I, I think the more that we can allow ourselves that space for ourselves, we're, when we're trying to make a big transformation in our lives, and, you know, there are lots of people that out there that either want to do it and try and do something and can't or don't know they need to do it but should do it and all those kind of things lay in between but the more that we can just sit there and say actually where am I putting you know where am I putting the the mask on where am I showing people something that's not me because really you're just being disingenuous with yourself at that stage Um, yeah so yeah it's a it's pretty cool so Thank you so much. Those are good and wise words, I think, for us to finish on. I mean, um, be your true authentic self, you know, and 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 I think that is the, the big battle we have with our members, you know, because a lot of people, they're scared of that. They're scared to show themselves because they have been told their whole life as a protective measure, maybe being told that don't completely show yourself, you know, hide or. And so the only way they get that outlet would be if they had a drink and go a bit crazy and then you don't, yeah. have, you don't have to think about it. So now all of a sudden you remove that, they feel a bit exposed. And, mm-hmm. and what, what we're saying is that don't, don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, it's okay to say, look, I've relied on something to bring something out. I'm going to go and stop that and actually learn what I'm really like and where I get fun in life and go and follow that. So. And go do it. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, Graham. That's been, this has been really insightful. And uh, I'm sure our listeners would love it. Thank you so much. And um, if they want to hear more about you, they can check you out on your uh, Inspire Motivation. Yeah, inst- inst- yeah, in- yeah, I Inspire Motivation or Coaching. So Inspire Without the End is the best way to find it. Um, Instagram, I tend to post most things. And I don't do, I I don't do the... Inspire the, MC on Instagram. Yeah. I Inspire MC. Sure yeah. race there and... And a bit of what you do. Yeah, you get a little bit of what I do. Um, I just keep it, to be honest, honest. So Perfect. you will see pictures of my family. You'll see things if I'm feeling a bit thoughtful for a day. You'll see things if I'm feeling a little bit inspirational. I've got an insight that might be worth sharing. I just keep it really, really honest. I don't do motivational quotes because there's far too many Instagram pages <laughs> yes. that can give those out. So <laughs> if people want to go and find them, they can go and find them. You're not going to get them off oh, yeah, yeah. So Oh, no, quite right. Oh, thank you, Graham, so much for the whole OYMB audience. Thanks for talking to us. Take care. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the One Year No Beer podcast. For a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself, head on over to oneyearnobeer.com. Oneyearnobeer.com.